0: Hi everyone, I'm Dave Baker. We're here at Meltdown Comics in Hollywood, California. This is the second episode of It's Pronounced Zine. Today I'm going to be talking with Kelby Vera, awesome zinester. You can find her stuff at kelbyvera.com or thanagram.tumblr.com. In this episode we talked a lot about the zine scene here in Los Angeles and uh, the zine scene up in San Francisco. We also talked about like convention, touring, and uh, we also talked about Drake because, you know, uh, old Dirty Aubrey Graham uh, holds a special place in both of our hearts. Uh, Yeah, check it out. Here comes Dave Baker with the show. Talking about paper publications you should know. Authors and photographers that are fresh on the scene. Don't be getting twisted. Twisted. It's pronounced zing. Zing, zing, zing. 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 If you would like to wear the headphones, you can. Cool. Uh, I'm not going to, because whenever I put on the headphones, I do stupid voices. Oh, It just man. makes me want to be like... It's so um, fun, though. Fucking, uh, KXU 99.9, coming to you from Meltdown Comics.
1: So I just finished uh, journalism school, and they, like, I write. But they tell you to do everything, so I did, like, two radio pieces. And I found that I have a very nasally NPR voice. Well, I have both <laughs> the, the nasal and the, like, um... Vocal fries,
0: mm. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: great, great, made for NPR. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so silly, super silly. But yeah, you're in you're in school. You finished a, actually. You finished with a masters in zines, yes. um, or I've, zine studies.
1: No, I no, my master's was in journalism, but I uh, wrote my thesis on zine culture.
0: Oh, okay, which is super cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, Were you involved in zine culture before you started writing it?
1: Yeah, it was kind of actually. It was very happenstance. Um, um, I, I started writing my thesis about a kind of obscure occult artist and was trying really hard to get documentation and do things and then was like, this is not working. Um, and my advisor was like, what are those like? That stuff you like, you know, those little paper books you make? I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm you know. surprised
0: she didn't say zines. She,
1: I think she had I'd corrected her too many times. So she was like, you know, the, the, the things. And she made a folding motion. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it kind of dawned on me that, like, yeah, this has been, like, an ongoing obsession and um, part of my art practice and something um, that, like, I really love and can take ownership of. So uh, then I started... I totally pivoted and uh, started writing about zines. And it was, like, perfectly blessed, I think, because about two days later, uh, Kanye West (laughs) tweeted his zine tweet, if Mm -hmm. anybody's familiar with it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, zine spelled Z-E-E-N, or pronounced Z-E-E-N. And I was like, okay, Kanye's got my back. Uh, This zine shit's going to work for me in an (laughs) academic sense. It's always, like, been something I've done, so... What was the
0: uh, what was the first zine you made?
1: The first zine I made was probably, like, a group zine. So just a hodgepodge of art. So, like, some snapshots, some shitty poetry, some bad doodles. That's um, my
0: favorite. Shitty poetry zines are the best.
1: They're the best. They're, like, there's something super ripe about them. I have, uh, like kind of stemming from that I have a friend who did a series of zines that was just compiled from her old live journal entries and I'm like yes. that is like that is shitty poetry on steroids That's so good <laughs> I want to read that it's really good it's uh it's called a year in live journal post and there's like several segments of them but just choice teen angst mm-hmm. um so yeah Super cool! <laughs> I
0: love it. I uh, I never. I was. I don't know if I just didn't have a computer when Live Journal was a thing, but I never really had one. I had a I had a MySpace, which was a whole dark time and in in and of itself. I think I
1: had them in parallel. <laughs> yeah, I never.
0: I don't know. Did you? You had you had a, um, a Live
1: Journal? I had a Live Journal, and I, it was very. I think I found myself very intellectual, and um, I, it, it was around like the time when I first found Charles Bukowski books, so it's just really dark. Dark shit, bro. <laughs> um, but no, you know, teen, all, like, teen over-dramatics coupled with, like, the beginning of, like, internet personality culture. Mm-hmm. Like, as you were saying, like, Myspace was happening, so yeah. that, then there was, like, the inklings of, like...
0: Tila Tequila was almost a human at this point.
1: You know, I think she she was blasting up up those message boards or whatever. But yeah, it was like the beginning of performative internet. Right. You know what I mean?
0: What was the first zine that you made that was like just you making a thing?
1: The first thing that I made on my own was kind of on the lines of a chapbook. It was a poetry compilation. But um, I'm kind of a perfectionist. (laughs) Um, So trying to design things other ways. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do all the photography, and I'm going to do all the layout, and maybe I'm going to write a little intro that's, like, not about this, and maybe I'll contextualize this piece, and instead of a poetry chapbook, it really was a zine, and that's, um... That was, like, one of my first ones, and it was a mess. How old were you when you made it? I think I was, like... My first... I think I was 19. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it, I actually... Yeah,
0: did you go to, like, zine fests with it, or was it just a thing that you just made just to make?
1: I think that was that was more for, like... I wouldn't even consider it a zine, or I wouldn't have considered it a zine at the time. It was just to collect those things. Right, right. Because um, I didn't go to zine fests. I maybe handed them out to friends or, like, like... Yeah, some punk friends and stuff, but it wasn't really... To me, it didn't look like a zine because it didn't have that, like, punk fanzine mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. aesthetic to it. Or, like, it wasn't about music culture. Um, and I had, like, a very hard line <laughs> in my head, um, which I think some people still have that hard line. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah. Um, so that's, like, an actually an interesting distinction.
0: Hmm. When... Uh was it a conscious decision then for you to, like, start making zines that would be your definition of quote-unquote zines? Or was it just something you kind of got sucked into then?
1: I think I always gravitated back to paper crafts. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I think I always gravitated back to making things out of paper and or, like, making things materially um, and bookmaking in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, even with, like, I started to get interested in photography but the most interesting part would be compiling the book mm. <laughs> or making the zine out of it. Um, and then, like, you know, with writing, writing is great, but the most fruitful part was compiling everything into a zine. So um, it wasn't until I had made maybe, like, a small handful of things that I'm like, okay, this is a zine, or these are, this is something in that realm or that genre. Um, and I think I only gave it that because there was, like, a mass of it. And mm. I was like, okay, that's, like, See, it looks more like it because there's a few of them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, gravity and mass. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah.
0: What uh, What was the first time that you went and tabled at a show?
1: Um, my first big zine fest was actually L.A. Zine Fest 2014. Um and i was sharing a table with some people and it was totally disorganized and i had like three things out like shoved in the corner uh i sold nothing i was ac- <laughs> i was it's like the best mean girl situation ever i was across the hall I from old. the my, from an ex roommate who like oh
0: yes. It,
1: and it was like bad boring
0: it, zine roommate it was
1: like sharks and jets shit yes. no, no no she's a lovely person she I'm a horrible person that's what it is um but
0: really were you the bad person in the in the scenario
1: uh that's a long story <laughs> <laughs> we got time baby girl we're not going anywhere no I wasn't the bad I thought that like it was water under the bridge. And then they were very strange. And mm. they were also, like, strategically positioned next to the bathroom. So even if I wanted to avoid said person.
0: Mm. <laughs> your bodily functions compelled you to interact with them? It was
1: bad. Yeah, My yeah. body betrayed me.
0: <laughs> don't, um, they, don't they always?
1: So, I mean, that was just an, a nerve-wracking situation. And, like, I I was up the night before, out of Kinko's, making shit Um
0: I feel like that's uh, everybody. Right. Everybody for every Zine Fest. (laughs) For
1: every Zine Fest, right? Yeah. I was, you know, at the copy store an hour before uh, Zine Queens this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) It's the perpetual copy cycle.
0: Yeah. I, Uh, I, I, I just came from the copy store. I just made stickers. Like beautiful today. See,
1: it's it's, it's
0: it's the never ending bullshit.
1: And like, I'm tight with some of my copy store people. Some of them think I'm a pain in the ass, but you know, you learn to navigate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
0: How did you How did you get involved in in Zine Queens? Because that's where I met you. I met you at uh, the the Zine Queens uh, Zine Fest, or is it just Zine Queens? I don't know. I
1: don't know. I um, think it's
0: just Zine Queens. I
1: think Zine Queens sounds it rolls off the tongue so nicely.
0: In parentheses is a queer and trans Zine Fest.
1: Um, I got involved in that through LA Zine Fest, um, which, yeah, I've been tabling at for the last three years, um, and it's just been, like, such an amazing uh, swell of culture and support for LA Zine shit. Um, yeah, it's, like, my favorite show. I love that show. And it gets bigger and bigger in, like, not a creepy way. Yeah, <laughs> right yeah, now. absolutely. Um, in a beautiful, supportive, like, organic way. Um, it's amazing. Um, this year was amazing. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Darcy Crash, the distro that held... Zine Queens uh, put out like a call for for zinesters, and I was like, "Oh, cool! That fits into my schedule." Um, and it was a lovely little event, super DIY, punk, cool space. Um, lots of really nice people. It's super community oriented. So yeah, it was fun.
0: Uh, do you do you do a lot of shows? Do you tour around, or do you kind of stick in the L.A. area?
1: I haven't toured around really, um, but it's something I'm like. Looking into. I'm a freelance journalist and I'm a little more untethered uh, Mm -hmm. on my freelanceness. So it'd be really cool to be able to travel and write and do the zine tour circuit a little bit too. That's like ideal.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, It's so funny too because I feel like there's right now a weird groundswell of support for zine stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also like a weird, I wouldn't say battle, but there's a weird, there's a weird thing that hasn't quite been figured out in the zine circuit at least in my experience which is half of the people there are there not necessarily with the intent of making money they're there to just get their shitty poetry zine out or their you know whatever they're there to be a zinester Mm -hmm. and then the other half of it um are people who are there to make money who have spent more in time and investment into producing perfect bound books, or you know, you know what I mean? Like, there's right. like two dis- disparate types of zinester uh, or creator there, and I'm interested to see how that's going to evolve over the next five to ten years because it's a strange thing that hasn't kind of been ironed out.
1: Yeah, I'm one of the like interesting spaces. I don't know if you attended, but like LAR Book Fair has yeah. become a weird site for even investigating, like, okay, what are these, this, like, wide genre of s- limited press, art press, whatever, cool art book things, um, but how zines have become sublimated into a lot of art book orientations mm-hmm. and...
0: Which know. for a lot of people, like, is directly against the idea of exactly. zine. Um, and I don't know where that conversation leads to, and I don't know what the ultimate, um, You know, culmination of that conversation is because there are a lot of people who are trying to table and sell their stuff, and they're not going to be included on either side. It's either like the the culture leans more towards the art book or the comics or Mm -hmm. the whatever side of it, or towards the cheaper produced like floppy zines. Right. And either way, half those people are going to be pissed off.
1: Yeah. Um. It's interesting because you know any of this authenticity battling is like. Kind of what brings down a lot of cool alternative anything. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Like you, we could pick pick and choose one. Like authenticity battling is something that's kind of harmful to us, but we love to do. Um, and in zen I feel like the do-it-yourself ethos is like the one thing that we have to hold on to. Like that's the ish of yeah, the genre. But, but, but a lot that's of times, very nebulous. Like yeah. how do we define that? Yeah, how like my very
0: differently. Like my books look very nice but they are all self-published. Are, it's just me and my partner, Nicole, who does the art, and we make all those books ourselves. But they don't look like they're... They look like they're made from a publisher. Like, mm-hmm. they look very nice. And I think sometimes that's a boon for us, and sometimes that's... People are like, well, yeah, but where's the shitty mini-comics? you know? Or where's the shitty zines? You know what I mean?
1: Right. And then I know, like, LA, um, LA Zine Fest in the past years, I mean, they don't really enforce it, but they're very stern about, like, ninety percent, they say, of the things on your table should be zines. So like no pins, no patches. But you see people displaying everything. Exactly. And your you know your distros and your presses are, are are an amalgam of media that create like your message and communication. Like if we're going down that path. Yeah, yeah. But um so what yeah, it is does that really do anything by say um by saying no just zines, no patches or blah blah blah, any sort of weird And
0: I get that there are spaces for those other pieces of media, but at the same time, I feel like there's a very specific person that would go to a zine fest that would be interested in all of those things, and a very specific person who would table at a zine fest, where it's not like it's Tea fury or a guy making fucking Deadpool prints, or something like that. Right. Those, that's, I don't think there's really a space for that at the zine fest. No, definitely. But there's definitely a place for people who make risograph zines. Mm-hmm. or risograph books definitely or you know what i mean and I, I i don't know i don't necessarily know that i have a real finger on the pulse of that conversation but i know that it affects me and i know that i've seen other people talking about it and i'm not i don't really understand where it's going um and it feels like right now everybody's like fuck you trying to have our zines
1: yeah um, that's actually that question was something that came up in my research, and people skirt around it very, like and try and position themselves outside of that conversation um but it does boil down to a lot of the like high art low art um mm-hmm. argument
0: mm-hmm.
1: um you know there's people on the like more archival side of things that are more interested. In the literary or political side of of zines, so that's kind of has no aesthetic basis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you've got the art collectors and people, art, art creators as well. That um, they're really valuing like the tangible and nature of the thing, and then like the visual and aesthetic qualities of it.
0: Um, I've also talked to yeah. a, a couple con, uh, convention and zine fest organizers recently, where they've said that people are. And this is not something I had even anticipated uh, in this conversation, but a, a lot of people are saying that they're a distro when applying for zine fests and conventions or whatever, and it's like a guy. Like, that's you're not a distro, buddy. Like, right. Because you've made six zines, that's not what a distro is. Totally.
1: Totally. And that's really funny because I think, um, because it's this, you know, decentralized thing, and there's a lot of great autonomy, but... You see that lack of definition manifest really weirdly mm-hmm. um where like language is just being like misappropriated, like that's not what a distro is, like yeah it's not. Um, the enthusiasm is awesome, though, yeah, yeah, um I think it's also it does have to do a little bit with there's with the growing recognition and support of the community, there is a little bit of competitiveness and elbowing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um people do what they want to do to make their name louder and stake their claim.
0: Yeah. But that being said, most of the stuff that I've encountered, especially online, because there's no, like, <laughs> zine, aside from zine fests, it's right. not like there's like, oh, guys, we're going to the zine bar to hang out together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's very, like, an internet-based thing. Totally. Um, m- most people I've interacted with, most, like, 99.9% of the time, the conversation is very respectful and positive and just trying to move the culture in a, in a good direction. Mm-hmm. I can only think of one, and I think you're in this Facebook group, uh, Zines a Go-Go, where the white guy was saying that he didn't get into LA Zine Fest, or maybe it was another Zine, he didn't get into an A Zine Fest because he was a straight white guy. And I was like, fuck you, dude! Fuck you! No! I mean... Your zines just suck, apparently. It has nothing to do with it.
1: Let, let's let be real, like, your zines are probably boring because you are a straight white guy with nothing to say. Um, and that is your own boring-ass fault. Um, like, God bless his heart, he's probably so twisted and still upset and, like, blogging about it, but...
0: I don't even... I wouldn't even agree with that. I don't even think it's an issue that he's straight and white. I think no, it's that's just
1: what, that he's... I'm just saying that straight and yeah, white yeah, people are yeah. boring. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> um. It's just like, fuck you, man. Like, that's not what this conversation needs. No, like Not at, not at all. all. So, like, we're all here to try and push this forward and make creating stuff into a cool status quo for everybody. And I don't give a shit what color you are, what orientation you are. I just want you to make stuff. And for you to say that a space that... Is one of the leading uh, communities in terms of pushing representation across the board. Is shitty to you? Um, fuck you, man. But maybe I'm just maybe I'm just taking that to heart too. To uh, think I'm taking it too seriously.
1: No, I mean f- fuck that dude. But with people like that, I usually try not to think about them because they're so <laughs> that's infantile. a good that's I'm just a good, like, no, oh my no, god, good, man babies. Yeah, uh, it's a good perspective to let have. Let them cry. Yeah. Um, yeah but it's it's interesting because you can see with like that that sort of action that people's feelings still get involved like even though it is an amazing medium for communication, especially for like marginalized narratives and identities um people still get their feels hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and um you know there's an inner politics to everything which i is interesting. Um, I always like to take a step back and and look at that. That's, I think, why, like, a lot of punk scene zines are so interesting to me, because they kind of take that step back and look at the, the politics and mechanics and sociology of not even, like, the bands, but the culture around those things. And mm-hmm. you can even... You can see a lot of those musings and movings in zine culture itself, which is cool, creepy, reflexive. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. What uh, what zines have you been making lately? Because you were you were making some at the actual thing. You're putting them together at, at zine queens.
1: Yeah, I have to keep busy. Um, so, what have I been doing lately? Um, right now, I'm working on a compilation with some lovely people about um, mental health resources. Just kind of like a radical guide and access both through the system um, if you have insurance and around um, just because as a queer punk radical person um, sometimes accessing mental health resources is a real fucking pain in the ass it's super stigmatized Um, there's 8 million hoops to jump through so we're really trying to create like a bare bones guide Um, we'll see how well we do Um, (laughs) my therapist's helping me out it's cool there's a lot of people on board for that um uh I'm working I'm always working on poetry zines. Those just come together as they do. Um but one of my more popular things, uh I was probably putting them together at Zine Fest is my Drake zine. Uh Cute little pictures of Aubrey Drake Graham. Um, I'm working on a new one. Um, They're Pokemon cards of him showing the evolution of Aubrey.
0: I love it. I love it. That's that's how we became friends. You gave me a fucking Drake zine, and then we started talking about Drake.
1: Everybody loves Drake. Drake is something that we can all commune over. (laughs) Think about our woes.
0: (laughs) Uh, have you listened to cause when we talked at the show, you hadn't listened to views yet. Have you listened to it?
1: I started listening to it and I became so upset.
0: Oh no. I was not I
1: was not down and I was like, okay, maybe we're just gonna revisit this. Um I feel like a letdown.
0: How far did you get before you were like, fuck this?
1: I don't even know what it was. I it was like a music video of something, and I was just like, This sounds awful. I heard whatever there's one radio song. What or no, there's two radio songs. One Dance is whatever. Um,
0: I think is controller the other one?
1: Yeah, it's. I just no, I'm gonna say soft pass for now. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it takes a while for things to grow on me.
0: What uh, What drew you to to the Aubrey initially, and what made you want to make a zine about him?
1: Um, I've I'm attracted to like him as a rapper because he's so soft. Um, or like you know, I miss the old Drake. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, there's like, this emotional vulnerability that I was like, okay, this is weird. Um, I don't think I've heard a rapper, like, feel sorry about how many girls he's fucked this week in, like, a really, like, sad boy way. (laughs) Or, like, talk about his ex-girlfriends in a, like, should I text her or not way. Um, So, like, take care era. I was just like, what the? Who is this guy? Um, And over time, I don't know. There's so many he has so many strange idiosyncrasies. There's another zine that I haven't published just of strange pictures of him cuz he's a weirdo. So like <laughs> him playing with a baby baboon or like with in like a very a very small BMX bike. Um <laughs> He does weird stuff. Um I think I'm he's a weirdo. And then there's all these baby pictures of him cuz he's like a child star and he's a total weirdo there. He's, like with elf ears and a
0: giant goofy smile
1: such a goofy smile um, Drake is hilarious, Mo- but he 's not that funny anymore because he takes himself way too seriously
0: but isn't that funny on its own level though
1: it is I, I like i haven't i haven't listened to views, but all of the views memes that i 've seen of him. Being very serious in a very big coat mm-hmm. and or that mm-hmm. coat overtaking i mean it's it's great he's he's a very serious man um.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd say it's a great record, but i I have listened to it nonstop for the past like three weeks. I don't know if I like it. But I know that I've listened to it so stop But it's got you. <laughs> yeah, I like parts of it. I like the beginning of the record a lot, and I don't like the middle, and then I like the end of it a lot. But the middle is just, like, snooze-fest.
1: How many tracks is it? 20 fucking tracks! Yeah, see... Why I... is it 20 fucking tracks? We need to learn the art of editing as a culture. <laughs> it's something I think about a lot. Just, like, cut it. Just Minimize. Pack it down. People are very, very indulgent. Um, I, mean, I mean, I wouldn't expect Drake not to be indulgent. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say,
0: I th- <laughs> feel like that's the point of this record is like, watch you make a fucking Sergio Leone movie <laughs> of a r- hip hop record.
1: Of course.
0: I Cowboys
1: know, are gangsters. I don't know if it's a cowboys. good decision to do
0: that or not, but it's a decision that he made. <laughs> Yikes. I would, I would offer that if you took all the songs that were produced by 40 and made a record of those songs, it would be a really good album. But there's like... Because of the 20, I think 40 produced 12 or 11 of them, and the other eight are various producers. (laughs) If you took all eight of those off, except for Controlla, I don't think that 40 produced Controlla, but that could be wrong. Regardless, 12 12 songs is a good, solid record. That's a nice...
1: That's a package. It's a
0: package. You know it's not? It's 20 songs.
1: It's so long. That's a very... That's a burden. 20 songs is a burden. Any recording or artist, I don't care. Just 20 songs is a lot.
0: It really is. Make it
1: packaged nicely. Palatable.
0: Yeah. I don't know. There's also a lot of singing. I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those people who like rapper You're Drake not more.
1: selling me on this.
0: I'm not trying to sell you. <laughs> I'm not selling. I'm officially
1: not sold on this Drake record.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say you should listen to it for yourself just to not have my opinion. But That's
1: true. I shouldn't judge before I listen to it.
0: But I, 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 I want to be able to... I was, this is, like, the record I was looking to most this year. I was so amped about this record, and now I'm kind of like, oh, all right, whatever. It's okay.
1: Whatever. There, are, there are other things to look forward to. It's
0: true. Phantasm Five is finally going to come out this year. Hopefully. We'll see. Uh, how did you, uh, do you... Do you have any tips or tricks for doing Zine Fest and conventions?
1: <sighs> um... I would say, you know, pep talk yourself a little bit. Make sure that you're ready and willing to talk to people. Um, You're going to be surprised how interested people are in your stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, it's awkwardly intimate, I think, Zinefest, because it's like some very special work that you've done and people um, ask you very directly about things. Um, But to just like take that and enjoy it um, and if you're happy I mean not that you should be a perfectionist but like if you had joy in whatever you created then it's just going to be a happy and joyful experience sharing it further mm-hmm. um, and that's what fests are about it's not about the product really it's about the community and like sustaining this very special thing um, which is really cool I think um, I think that's something that like with f- one or two events under your belt, people are like, okay, yeah, there is something um, strangely potent about the community around these things. Mm-hmm. Are you originally from here? Yes, I grew up in L.A., went to college in the Bay, stayed up there for a little too long, and moved back down here about a year ago.
0: Mm. Yep. So did, so you started doing zines up there?
1: Yeah, um, like a little bit group zines down here, and then my own practice a lot up there. Hmm. Um, is
0: it a different scene? I mean, obviously, it's because they're different people, but I mean, is it like a drastically different scene?
1: Yes. Um, my stuff, uh, um, it's very, I think it's more politically oriented and definitely more punk oriented. Um, there are some amazing anarchist info shops up there. Um, shout out to The Long Haul. Um, but those things are definitely geared towards like political engagement and. Um, mm-hmm. Sharing information um, then you've got you know literary things, and then san francisco's a big art city so um, if it's like an art book, like a risograph or something, people are airing more towards a uh, gallery stuff right so it's a little more fractured than l a where I think um, the nebulousness of zine genre is something that people actually come together on um, especially because you'll see spaces that have like they might have some independent comics, as well as some small press stuff, and then other independent stuff. Yeah, um, you see that a lot in L.A. That just kind of tailored to each space.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I did uh, East Bay Art Book and Zine Fest, mm. and that was the thing I noticed when I walked in was like, damn, this is like a punk, it's very, a, punk. very punk, very uh, political, an- anarcho, mm-hmm. like self-publishing. Um, which like you said down here does not
1: it's here but not in the same way it's hard to be an anarchist in LA <laughs> yeah for it's real. really fucking hard yeah yeah um yeah um i think it's also that's kind of um it's one of the limitations there's a little bit of a closed mind towards things that are more art booky um up there you mean up there mm. um just cuz this I think just because the scene is super dominated by punk narratives, right, um, right. which is awesome for a lot of ways, but then like softer things kind of get trampled on. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Did you, have you ever done any of the Gilman zine fests?
1: No, I haven't. Hmm. Um, yeah, Gilman's an interesting space.
0: Yeah, I just knew of it kind of like because of the history and we went up there because I was like, "That we should do that. It's a zine fest and the history, let's go was not a positive experience
1: yeah um you know i gilman i i don't go there anymore um but it is like a historically important place that has a lot of very skewed politics involved nowadays i have friends who play have played do not (laughs) play there any longer um it's unfortunately has grown to be a very problematic space and doesn't really support like marginalized people or like autonomy and but you know i i haven't been there and i can't say i can't speak like directly
0: i don't know any of that all i know is that the the zine fest that we were at was not positive yeah. and was, why uh it was uh not run well at all um there were too many zinesters and all the tables were literally back to back so it was like if this is a table. Um, the chair would be here, and then the next table would start right there. So there were no aisles. Such frame. a
1: small space, too.
0: Like you just—it just shouldn't have had thirty It Should have had fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was very strange. Like people were doing readings in the same room that everyone was z- tabling in and trying to sell their stuff in. So like, somebody got on the. Somebody got on the the walk the uh, p a system and was like, "You're being disrespectful to the readers, everyone be quiet, which was like i'm I'm here to sell the things. I traveled and paid for a space to sell the things. I'm not trying to be a dick, but just don't have the readings in the same space that I'm trying to pitch my book at um
1: that's just such a mess yeah it was it
0: was a mess it was it was a mess <laughs> that it was sounds a, like mess. a mess <laughs> um yeah it was a mess
1: it was a a real mess doesn't surprise me yeah uh needless to say
0: i'm not gonna be going back to gilman
1: (laughs) not much to see
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know it's it's such a bummer too because a lot of people have came out it was like the people at the event were really great Mm -hmm. um they were all there to like show their support and the other zinesters that were tabling were really cool and i know a bunch of them because it's the scene is you know seven people in a basement like right. you know everybody <laughs> um but like there was all my friends there and everybody was just super jazzed and then we all showed up and we're like oh yeah like sardines yeah yikes yeah and i just completely lucked out and that we got like an aisle like we were the first table in the the sandwich of three
1: tables whoa
0: like most people had to like put their zines on the ends of their tables, like, angled out so people, when when they would walk by that way, they would see them. It was really, really strange. It was not good.
1: It gives me, like, a little bit of anxiety just thinking about how disorganized these tables are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just putting it out there, if anybody else feels that way. (laughs) (laughs) Frantic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I try to have a grace about those things, because it's,
1: you know, it's not easy putting on
0: events, not easy coordinating that stuff, but this was, like, this was an, a low point. Like, even I was, like, a trained monkey could do this better than the people running this. This is really bad.
1: It's hard not to be frustrated at those things. I don't know if I've any ever been in a situation that bad, but usually, like... The way I am, I get vicariously embarrassed. I'm like, this is so, oh, wow. I'm embarrassed <laughs> to be here because this is just, oh, this is a mess. And um, like, shame propels me away as quickly as possible. So as soon as like my obligation was done, I'd be like, Peace. <laughs> Bye. Uh this is terrifying. Ah Um <laughs> But that's my strategy.
0: <laughs> why did you uh why did you choose journalism? What what about the whole journalism bug gotcha?
1: Telling stories. It's like such a cliche. But um yeah, telling stories. Um I like nonfiction storytelling. Uh and I don't do like newspaper journalism
0: (laughs) um tonight on dan rather kelby explains zines
1: i wish um
0: you know damn i just dated myself dan rather isn't a human anymore
1: is he not see i'm just
0: i mean he's not in the industry after that whole like falsifying records thing oh
1: yeah no he's very much not i thought you were saying he's like literally not alive no no i was like whoa i'm fairly sure
0: dan uh, you know i think
1: he's still chilling somewhere yeah
0: yeah I, i don't wish death upon him or anything Just he's good.
1: Yikes! I feel like I should knock on wood for poor Dan. Rather,
0: (laughs) he's all good. You guys. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening to it's pronounced zine. (laughs)
1: Um, journalism though. I like telling stories. Um, I I'm bad at not talking about myself, which is why like zines are a good outlet for that. Mm -hmm. Um, journalism. Sometimes it's hard to disembed yourself from Mm -hmm. the story. Mm -hmm. Um, but it gives you it gives you license to be kind of nosy and um i don't know it's a relentless pursuit and of curiosity Mm. um i wrote mostly about art and culture um so there's always like it's also a constant state of anxiety because it's like what what haven't i figured out what is (laughs) what do i need to be what am i behind on in culture is always the question but uh, it's gross
0: (laughs) Did you did you always know that that's what you wanted to do? Or would, was writing the,
1: like... Writing is, like, my only marketable skill. So it's been, like, a, a weird shift to figure out how I can make that happen. Um, but, yeah, I was, like, in journalism in high school and stuff. Um, I didn't do those things in college. Started to focus more on art um, and, like, crazy weird philosophy bullshit. Um and then came back to writing just articles for fun and essays for fun as responses to things and <laughs> um started working at a shitty fashion magazine hated it um wanted to figure out how to make journalism work for me and so i started freelancing and uh then i got into this funny graduate school program which
0: do Still doing the journalism thing. Are your parents creative or are uh, they supportive of your creative endeavors? They're,
1: they've are they grown to be supportive. Um, I'm very messy. My aesthetic is very sloppy. I'm not like a pretty painter or uh, illustrator. Um, so at first when I expressed my interest in art or like, you know, a serious interest in art where I was like prioritizing art above other things, um, they were just like, you're not good at that what do you mean like really frankly um, because their idea of good art was you know nicely illustrated things Mm -hmm. Um, but I think uh, now they're very supportive now like it's sweet my mom will like whenever she sees the word zine in any sort of newspaper clipping or online she sends me something she knows like my funny art interests and it's super sweet um what did they do? Oh god. Like one of the last things I can remember is um my mom I really like silly contemporary art, but my mom sent me a big thing about the new Catherine Opie exhibit in uh the, there were three of them around Los Angeles, but she she lives like twenty minutes away, but she mailed me the newspaper clipping. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. My grandma I mean, I, ap- for a while. I
1: appreciate the gesture. It, it had a lot of weight. I Now I cannot throw out that article because I'm like, oh, she... A whole stamp went into this. Yeah, my
0: grandma used to mail me anything that had the word comic book in it, which is like nine times out of ten, like, the new Spider-Man movie, kids, it's opening in theaters this Friday. And I'm like, I don't... God damn it, grandma god damn it <sighs> I appreciate the support I know that you love me but fuck I don't need because same thing I had them on my fridge for years because I felt guilty about yeah. like throwing away this thing that she like took the time to cut out
1: it's like it's an attempt though it's like a poetic attempt you have to yeah Yes, thank you. Thank you for, <laughs> for trying.
0: What do they do uh, for professions? Are they involved in anything creative, or are they more no. real-worldy people?
1: No, my, my dad is super blue-collar. He is a tugboat driver. and A, a
0: tugboat driver? T-
1: tugboat driver and, like, union uh, rep. For, Does he
0: do that here in L.A.?
1: Yeah, King Harbor, down um, there's like a, there's where Dondo a, Beach is okay. King Harbor. That's okay. where most of the Los Angeles people, this is where most of the... Uh, the boxes. What are those fucking shipping boxes called? Oh, my God. The big the, shipping like, boxes. But, like, the big cargo cranes, The container ships. They, yeah, yeah, They mostly come in there. San Pedro. Um, and that's where, like, all of our merchandise and bullshit comes from. That's so crazy. It's weird, right? Um, but, yeah. Tugboat. What, what's, what's that like, being a tugboat driver? I mean, ask him. But, no. Um, I
0: mean, is it, was it long hours? Was he around?
1: Yeah. He's not around. <laughs> he was not around a lot. Um, a lot. A lot of jobs were, like, completely away, so you'd be gone for, like, a few months. Oh, wow. Like, Oceanside or, like, San Diego working on things. Because it took, uh, yeah. Um, But then, like, around, if he was around, then it would still be, like, you know, two days on, one day off, sort of stuff. He's is very it, blue collar. Is it dangerous
0: is being a tugboat? I don't know anything about being a tugboat. It, it's in low key
1: dangerous. My dad is like actually the funniest dangerous man because he also has done some of those ridiculous like Discovery Channel dangerous man jobs. He was a crab fisherman. Oh damn! Uh, he's been a king, he was a king salmon fisherman for a very long time. Um, my dad is just like a funny mariner. That's so crazy. It's, it's hilarious.
0: I feel. I mean, I obviously those things exist, but I—that's so beyond my conception of reality because I'm such a city kid now. That like, people working on a boat somewhere seems like something from like 400 years ago.
1: It's even funnier for me because I, you know, I grew up in the South Bay, um, so it's like suburban Los Angeles, beachy bullshit, mm-hmm. um, vi- like kind of schmancy. And so then thinking about like, oh yeah, my dad like works on a boat every single day is strange um but yeah I, I'm I consider myself super city I mean maybe like a little I get a little beachy you can sometimes it <laughs> overtakes me <sighs> and I think about the smell of the sand um <laughs>
0: what does your what does your mom do
1: my mom is a stay at home mom but she runs a small little vintage clothing like Etsy thing oh nice she, she likes that stuff cool um she's the more creative one I would say okay um
0: it's always interesting to me to learn about people who do what we do, because honestly, what we do is fucking crazy. Like, if you could like live in the 20th, if you looked at the 21st century from the distant past and you're like, why would you get out of bed? You could just like your life is so fucking cushy. You have Netflix. Why would you ever leave the bed? Why do you want to make things? Um, right. And uh, it's always funny to me. How people come to it because some people come to creativity from a real, really angry place mm-hmm. of like a "fuck you, mom, I'm gonna show you," <laughs> and then some people uh, come at it from a very positive place. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong or right about either one because in the end, the net this net sum is is a positive thing. You're making something. You're ex- you're expelling some sort of demon.
1: I think like <clears throat> from either side that it's coming out. They're both. Um, it's like a cathartic thing. Um, if it's, like, a negative processing or, like, expressing of joy, it's cathartic and it's a way of processing that, which Mm -hmm. is, that's the oomph of it, right? doesn't matter, like, what trajectory gets it there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, where, uh, where can people find you on the internet, friend?
1: On the internet, um... You can find my, like, social media ramblings, Twitter, Instagram, at VeryKelby. You can find Thanagram Press. Uh, right now is com, And if you want to see me in, like, my professional digs, um, kelbyvera.com is where all my, like, <laughs> journalism is. But don't do that, please. Um, Thanagram. Thanagram Press. Support small press. Support marginalized punk queer weirdo artists.
0: Uh, how do you like? Uh, just on a tangent, how do you like Big Cartel? Has it worked well for you?
1: Um, I I spend too much money on it. It's more expensive than I sh- than it should be, but I it's better than the alternative. What's what's the alternative? Etsy. Etsy is just disorganized and not a good place. I think for zines, mm-hmm. um, unless you have a big following, um, and then store envy is just not.
0: Yeah, I right. would agree it's with just that. Not, that's kind um, of, I'm, I'm in that same predicament right now, because we have a big cartel. And I don't sell enough to really justify spending yeah. that $20 a month or whatever. Totally, same. Um, Like, we sell a shitload of stuff at fests. Right. But in terms of, like, weird internet sales, But I not, feel like
1: I need to have, you know, like, you need yeah, to have that landing page, because yeah. otherwise it's like, what the fuck, where the fuck are you? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's actually been really... That's been something I've been like her.
0: Yeah. I don't really know what that what the solution to that is. If because right now we have everything through Nicole's site, mm-hmm. which is fine, it's whatever. It, but uh it's a what the fuck are those? Square space? It's a square space site. Okay. And it's like a, just a drag and drop store. Right. So it works. And she's paying for the site, so we get to host all of that under her and since she made all the books with me, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we need something for us to have together, so it's yeah. not weird for me to be like, hey, go to my website, NicoleGoo.com. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. Like, um, and I'm I, that's one of those weird nuts and bolts of making zine things that I don't feel like anybody talks about. Like, everybody's like, yeah, go to the fucking store, and, or go to the print shop and print your zines and staple them yourself. But then there's the whole side of, like, actually getting it out. And not at a convention, but just through the internet. Because if you don't have all that stuff online, a lot of times you can't get into zine fests.
1: Yeah. And, it, I mean, like, this was not the discourse or the, like, mode of communication for zines before. It was, like, very hand-to-hand. Like Yeah, totally. Um, so it's weird that, like, both... That you need to have, like, a certain amount of documentation and clout for mm-hmm. your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also that there's this demand for a presence beyond just, like, in person or at a fest.
0: I also, dovetailing off of this, I'm kind of surprised that there's no real distribution for zines because I feel like they've been around forever, Mm -hmm. and I understand, yes, the idea of a distro, a large-form distribution network, is kind of antithetical to the idea of making zines because it's so independent-based. But that doesn't mean that some shitty person somewhere at some point didn't actively have the idea of doing, like, let's string together these seven used bookstores and then we'll grow... You know what I mean? Like, it's it's very surprising to me that there's not, like, a big-ass, like, diamond for comics is, like, the monopoly on fucking uh, distribution in comics. And they're awful... And they exist as a monopoly because of various things that happened in the 90s where Mm -hmm. Marvel Comics broke off and they were going to form their own distribution company and then they went bankrupt and it failed. And so Diamond bought that distribution company. So originally there was like, in the 80s, there was like seven distribution companies. Mm -hmm. And then by the 90s there were like three. And then Diamond just bought all of them. So there's like one place that everybody goes to get comics. And I'm kind of surprised that there's not even any centralization in zines. Like there's no real... Distribution. There are distros, which theoretically, if one got big enough, could be that. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like that's what anybody who has a distro is trying to do.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I don't see anybody, like, aiming for that. And I don't see that changing. Because um, even, like... Yeah, like things that maybe would have the capacity to organize, like, you know, Quimby's.
0: Is mm-hmm. like, yeah, totally.
1: Quimby's theoretically could organize things in a way that, like, meant that they had content control and, like, you know, uh, um, not, like, internally, but, like, you know, this is our, a zine that we pressed and all of these things um, and distribution networks, but... And they have what, like fucking ten thousand titles on their site. Yeah, yeah. Um, completely disorganized because <laughs> I think that is that is the ish of it. It's like completely decentralized. They know that, like, what is, what would be the gain of of like trying to capitalize on a distribution network? I think
0: the. Well, obviously the gain would be money, right? Duh, but, but I don't. But the thing that's so weird about it is, I I feel like there's not a distribution network because there's no fan base. Hmm. Like, yes, I, I'm not saying people don't read zines. Obviously they read <laughs> zines. We both make them. We go to shows. People buy fucking zines. But I don't think culturally speaking, on a wide enough level, that enough people know what they are slash go in search of them to mm-hmm. places other than zine fests. And I could be wrong about that. I don't know. But that's what it seems like to me, um, that if I started a zine store, I would have to propagate it with things that were not zines. Right. In order to stay afloat. Um, Or, I mean, and and this is probably a good question for the girls who run Wasted Ink, because they have a fucking zine store. Like, a legitimate zine store. Um, But to my knowledge, they're open two days a week.
1: And that's, like... That's the structure that it has to be
0: in. like Because there's not enough of an audience, right? It's
1: And you don't want to bleed your resources dry in order to maintain something that is good, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, there's... Uh, I should have been sharper. Um, there's an, a new space I heard about in East L.A. that's uh, all small press and mostly zine stuff. Um, so, you know, you, you s- see that happening. You see in, like... A lot of the indie bookstores, or um, that they'll have zine or small press sections, sections now. Yeah, yeah. And that they're a little more open to people. Um,
0: but even who, so, that's like somebody. Yeah. That's like gone into the store and exactly. been like, "Hey, I make this thing." Exactly. Not them getting a catalog from Zines Incorporated or whatever the fuck the company would be called, and I don't. I don't know if that would be a good thing or a bad thing, because it would then in some ways have a centralized hierarchy where people would be like, my zine got rejected from Zines Incorporated, god damn it. Because that happens in the comic book world. Right. Like people, there's people that are in Diamond and people that are not in Diamond, and the people that are not in Diamond traditionally get looked down on. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's, I don't know, it's kind of surprising me that it doesn't exist, and I kind of wish that it did so mm-hmm. that there could be more zines
1: everywhere. Yeah. It would... It's just interesting, like, where where would it spring from? Like, what would be the nexus that it springs from? Because that would dictate, in large part, like, the impression and culture of zinedom yeah. from there out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like you just said, like, would it be uh, punk-oriented or would it be weird art book-oriented? The conversation we were just having about um, what the complexion of zine fests look like would be a conversation for this distribution company, too. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of room to grow in the zine world in terms of, like, outreach to people, and especially, like, young creatives. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many kids that could be making zines who I guarantee you don't know what they are. Right. Um,
1: Um, I think that one of one of those things is kind of just being like you already are making things that are like a zine, um, yeah absolutely you know anybody that's like dabbling in illustration or making their own comics, people that are writing uh, even diaries, poetry essays um any any sort of combination thereof mm-hmm. um, you you're like halfway to a zine, all you have to do is put it on fold some paper in half and put it in there (laughs) like yeah
0: um but as a kid i i like i personally didn't have that agency i didn't understand that um and that's like i have all these books that i made but they were like one-off books mm -hmm. because i didn't understand that you could like go to a copy store and copy the pages yeah which would have been so easy for me to do but nobody in my immediate circle they were all like just jazzed i was making the thing Mm -hmm. not making the thing and giving it to people or whatever. Right.
1: I just remember like bleeding, um, like one of my parents' first printers dry, yes. making you know making little books and things, and only you know getting like yelled at enough that I only made one because like with with thirty pages of whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> um, you know, that was that cash that little ink cartridge. Um, but yeah, that I'd never had the inkling to be like, oh right, like this is something that can be shared and distributed.
0: Yeah, there's there's a kid that does the, the L.A. area comics conventions. Um, his name is Anthony Something. He's a little little kid, like maybe nine to eleven, oh, who makes like ostensibly Spider Man fanzines, where he mm-hmm. just draws Spider Man over and over and over again, and they're amazing. Like this kid's nine, and he draws very well not just for a nine-year-old but just well wow and like his dad takes him to all these shows and like helps him table and like it's so fucking rad and i wish that there was more of that uh, from an adult perspective helping kids come to zine fests and not that i think that it needs to be a family-friendly place Mm because i did a family-friendly show last weekend and it was awful because, like, every one of my fucking books has a swear word in the title, and they're all about, like, gay sex, and, like, I don't... I don't want to have to fucking censor this for this little kid. Like, right. I, I just... Me, personally, as an individual, when a kid comes up, I'm just like, hey, here, check this out. And then they're like, oh, this is dirty. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, we were at we were at Emerald City, and I have a sticker that's based on Angela from Sleep Boy Camp, so it's like a, a naked, you know, girl with a penis, and... This little girl was there like, Daddy, Daddy. And the guy was so bizarre. He was like, don't look at it. Don't look at
1: it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. It'll burn your eyes out. Like, it's a fucking penis. Like,
0: it's not like I'm depicting rape or something. <laughs> it's like a little girl with a penis. Like, come on.
1: <gasps> oh, man. I I was, uh, re- I recently went to, at LACMA, there's the Robert Maplethorpe right now. So, like, photographer, a lot of penis. G- gay male photographer, lots of dick. Um... But walking into one of the main rooms, there were little girls just scandalized because there was a wiener. And I'm sorry, but watching that was like fucking gold. Like, oh, man, I could live off of that joy and confusion for the rest of my life. It it was beautiful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah, there's not as many kids at ZineFests as I would like there to be. Um, every once in a while, there's a, like, weird little pack. Like, there was one girl... They're always
1: feral. Yeah, they really are.
0: We were at, uh, Inland Empire Zine Fest, and there was this little girl who was probably, like,
1: eh, 13, Mm -hmm.
0: who came up with her sketchbook and, like, really bonded with Nicole, and, like, I think it was, like, the, you're... She had red hair, too, so it was, like, the, you're an adult who has red hair, I'm a kid who has red hair. I love
1: that thing.
0: Yeah. And I don't like, know
1: what the fuck that is, but it's a real thing. <laughs> it's a
0: real thing, and she showed Nicole her book, and the, the girl's stuff is really great. Like, it's really cool drawings, and Nicole was like, you have to make more comics, you have to draw stuff, and, like, they're, like, friends on Instagram now, and, like... I love it. It's so cute. That's, it's so cute. That's so cute. And I just want more shit like that to happen all the time. I just want Nicole to have... I want Nicole to be the Jack Kirby to, like, a <laughs> sea of, like, little seven-year-old girls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just willed it into existence. Yeah, hopefully.
0: I want it I want it to exist so badly. Uh, we
1: could only hope for it. That is a future that should exist. Yeah, right? And I feel like that's
0: happening. Like, I feel like right now there are more visible female creators than ever before. It's still shitty. There's still a lot of misogyny. There's still a lot of sexism. There's still a lot of, like, women getting put on women books mm-hmm. or... That's more comics, but you know in, you know what I'm talking about. like
1: Definitely. I mean, it, it's used as, like, a qualifier.
0: Yeah, it's bullshit. But at least we live at the best point in history up till now. <laughs> you know? At We're least working that. on it. Yeah, it's still terrible in a lot of respects, but there's... I feel like there's this great groundswell of support, specifically in the comics world, where people are, like...
1: We need more different voices. Fuck. There is that, but then you know you must remember that it is, it is competing with the evil id of the internet voice. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, which unfortunately, women creators, especially in like sci-fi and comics, um, and video games too. Video Holy games. Shit. Oh my god. Like God, fucking bless those girls. Um, because it's ruthless. Yeah. People it, like awful. actively try and make their lives not fun and um, so many t- talented people that like I see do that or like work against that I'm like how do you have the energy to make cool shit to deal with trolls all day and to be like a nice cool human um, but they do it yeah yeah
0: fucking a man yeah well, you want to a- i guess give your uh, your uh, URLs one more time
1: and then we'll wrap this baby up yep yep you can find me on the twitter and the instagram at very kelby and you can find Thanagram Press at thanagram.bigcartel.com. Fuck yeah. Can, cool. we, can we high
0: five? Can we, yeah. Yes? Bam. Oh, yeah. Bam. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Thanks for doing the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it was great. Zing, zing, zing. 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 Zing, zing, Zay zay zay. Hey. zay, 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 Zay,